0: Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Now today I'm coming to you with another prayer demonstration. Now you'll notice that I continuously come back to these uh, prayer demonstrations and the reason why I do that is because in between all of these teachings and testimonies of, of myself or people coming on to... Uh, the the show. We want you to really know how do I get to that place? How do I move beyond just hearing and experiencing based on everybody else's testimony? Uh, How do I get to a place where I hear God the way some of these people hear God? Um, If you haven't listened to uh, my series with Gary Birkins, if you haven't heard my series with uh, Brian Holmes, my son, Turner Schwartz, Uh, Kyler Peterson, a lot of people we've been on here and you've been listening to their testimonies, you've been listening to their teachings. Um, Zach Rippey was on here. Um, But I want you to live a life with God that is more than living vicariously based on the experience of other people. I want you to learn how do I read the scriptures, how do I really press into that, how do I allow the scriptures to really begin to shift who I am into what is true so i'm not living in this state of i wish i could be uh i know i should be uh but rather it is a truth for me and that's why i like to do these prayer demonstrations uh, and enforce your design now if you have not gotten a copy of my book enforcing prayer it is filled with these kinds of demonstrations um often i'll just do a verse a declaration, and then a self-reconciliation. Today, I'm actually going to read to you through a chapter of scripture. I'm going to pretend as if you are not here. I'm going to kind of demonstrate how I would open up my Bible. I would read through scripture. I would have a conversation with God about what I'm reading. Um, And I might go in and out of prayer. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm just going to actually... Demonstrate. And and the reason why I do this is uh, I think is the best way for us to learn is by demonstration. Um, So we can sit in a classroom all day long and get information, Uh, but I don't know about you, if somebody's doing heart surgery on me, I wanna know that this person has watched heart surgery, they've had somebody come alongside them while they did heart surgery. They've done more than just sat and listened to somebody talk about when they did heart surgery. They've done more than just read information, study their text on, Uh, on heart surgery. I want to know that they've actually been in a place where they've been able to observe for hours and hours and hours. When the disciples came to Jesus, they said, teacher, teach us to pray. And he said, when you pray, pray like this. And he began to demonstrate what it looks like to pray. He lived a life of demonstration. All throughout the scriptures, we see where he would give a teaching and then he would say okay time for a demonstration and he would demonstrate what it looks like what the gospel looks like it looks like healing it looks like deliverance it looks like um resurrection it looks like blessings and prosperity and growth and fruit and multiplication and and life um and we see we hear jesus teaching this but more so we teach we we see him teaching it by a demonstration okay so um, I'm going to move into Psalm or on um, Philippians 3. so if you have your Bible, I would encourage you to get your Bible out. Um, I would encourage you to um, feel free to push pause, take some time to really hear the Holy Spirit for yourself. Um, so hear what you know you're going to be hearing a lot of my revelations, things that I feel like the Lord is speaking to me. God might give me a word for you who is watching. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, this is really about you learning to hear from the Holy Spirit for yourself okay i had uh coffee with heavy cream to end it so like (laughs) got a lot of stuff in my throat i don't really care but if you hear me clear my throat a lot that is why all right so i'm in philippians three now when i start reading the scripture a lot of times um i will just start by asking the holy spirit to give me revelation and so god i thank you that you are with me and i thank you that you are my teacher and you are my counselor and i ask holy spirit that you would just fill me that you would open up my ears to hear, that you would open up my eyes to see, that you would open up my heart, that I would perceive and I would have a knowledge, that I would have a reception, God, of your truths. And even as I read your word, God, I pray that it would be more than just a story, but God, it would impute life into me. All right, I'm starting in verse 3. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you have invited me to rejoice in you. God, I thank you that Paul is writing to um, his, his brethren, which means he's writing to your children, God. So, I'm receiving this entire text, God, as you're speaking directly to me as a child of God. And so, Father, I just receive the things that are written. I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to rejoice, and I declare a rejoicing spirit within me. I declare a rejoicing heart, rejoicing lips. God, I thank you that even my foot, my face will reflect that I'm rejoicing in the Lord. Uh, God, that my, my countenance is lifted up, that when people look at me, they see me, they recognize there's a rejoicing going on in her life, and it's not from this world. Verse 2. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. I'm going to read verse 3 as well. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also, verse 4 says, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he is, has confidence in the flesh, I even more so. I'm going to pause there. God, I receive. So he's talking about here, beware of the dogs, beware of people, evil workers, people that will mutilate the work of the spirit, that will mutilate the work of Jesus on the cross, meaning they'll try and cut it short, kill it, cut it off from your life. He's saying, I'm not of I, I am of the circumcision, meaning I've been brought into the kingdom of God. I am a child of God, and I worship you in spirit, meaning my flesh has nothing to do with it. So he's contrasting the works of the flesh, the salvation of the flesh with the spirit. Meaning we're not of the people who are interested. It doesn't matter if they try and mutilate my flesh because I am not interested in flesh. So god i thank you that you tell me you open up my eyes god to evil works around me things that would try and crush my spirit things that would try and pull me back into my flesh and cut me down in my flesh i declare god that i'm not of the circumcision that you've brought me god um, that i am of the circumcision that you've brought me god into your kingdom that you've brought me god into the freedom of your spirit God, I thank you that I don't have confidence in my flesh. Come on, somebody just declare that I don't have confidence in my flesh. Somebody out there has been confident in your own strength, in your own emotions, in your own thoughts. Come on, that's all of the flesh. But God says, I have no confidence in the flesh. My confidence is in Jesus Christ. I will worship God, not from my flesh, not from my soul, but I will worship God from the spirit and from the spirit of the alone. And Paul goes on and he says, if you think you have confidence in in the flesh, listen to this. Man, I had all kinds of worldly accreditation. I had all kinds of um, affirmations and confirmations from the world, and he goes on to list them in verse five. He said, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was of the stock of Israel. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. The Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning a law, I was a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness, which is in the law, I was blameless. So he's basically saying, look, according to even religious traditions, I had all the credentials, but all of those things meant nothing. What does that mean to you and I today? It means the world will tell me I need to have the right education. I need to have the right kind of car. I need to have the right uh, uh, referrals. All of these things that the world will base your value on. God is saying those things mean nothing you have come into the kingdom of God and the value and the worth that you have isn't because of your worldly accreditation it is simply because of the blood of my son Jesus Christ that is poured out upon you from the top of your head all the way down to the tips of your toes therefore consider those things nothing compared to what I did for you on the cross listen to how he goes on but those things What things were a gain to me, those things I now have counted a loss in comparison to Christ. Yes, indeed, I count all things a loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I count those things rubbish that I might gain Christ. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that there is no comparison. God, that the things of this world, the attention of this world, the affection of this world, the accreditation of this world, God, my education, my finances, my my popularity, whatever it is, God, means nothing compared to what I gain in you. God, I consider all of those things nothing in comparison to your love. Come on. Somebody needs to declare that. I'm telling you, somebody right now is putting all of their eggs in the nest of their education. You're putting all of your worth in in the, the value of your education and while the world will find value in those things, God says those things are rubbish in my sight that when I look at you all I see is the blood of Jesus Christ. And I bring you in, not because of your education, but because of the sacrifice of my son, the redemption, the redemptive work of the cross, I am bringing you in. And so God, we just thank you, Lord, that we get to be set free from the pressures of the world. Come on now, we're making it relevant. I am set free from the pressures of the world. Come on, somebody needs to declare that. I am set free from the pressures of the world. God, I am not interested in the accreditation of the world. God, I'm only interested in the accreditation of the kingdom which has been poured out upon me through the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, that I have done nothing to become accredited, that you did the work, that the accreditation that I am looking for, God, that the attention that I am looking for, the confirmation. That I am looking for has come to me through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. I receive it right now in Jesus Christ. I, I shake free. Come on, somebody just needs to shake free from the pressures. Come on, somebody's in a relationship right now, and you have to be a certain way in order to get credited, accredited in that relationship, in order to be valuable in that relationship. But God is saying that you are valuable to His relationship, you are valuable to Him. He is not interested in you working for love. He is not interested in you being the right person in order to earn his love. His love is unconditional and I declare that you are accredited in the relationship with Jesus Christ because of the blood of his of, of Jesus who was shed on the cross. It goes on, it says, and I may be found in him not having my own righteousness. Come on, this is what we're talking about. I'm not interested in working on my own righteousness. Come on now, this is where I would really just begin to plead and I would ask the Lord to show me places and spaces in my life where I'm working on my own accord, where I'm working for my own righteousness. Come on, there are some people out there, you're trying to build a business, you're trying to build a platform, and you're working too hard. God says He has a platform in mind for you. God says He is your platform. Thank you, Lord, that you you cause us to come into the righteousness of the kingdom. God, that we don't have to work our way there. It goes on, it says, which is from any law, and that which is through faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith so God we receive the accreditation by faith come on this is just faith I just receive the accreditation. God, I, I'm thinking about Paul in Corinthians where he says, my, my letters of referral did not come to you written on tablet, but it came written on the hearts of people. In other words, you can see evidence of me being a Christ follower. You can see evidence of Jesus in my life because of the people who have been impacted by my ministry. That's what he's talking about. We want to be able to see evidence because we see the impact that you are having on the lives of those around you. It doesn't matter if you're in ministry or not. You are in ministry you're an ambassador for christ and so father we thank you that there is a righteousness that comes that we don't have to work for that we don't have to get have to get sweaty for that we don't have to wear ourselves out for get weary of that I may know him and the power of his resurrection come on now this is where I'm gonna stop and be like I don't know if I understand the fullness of the power of the resurrection God I pray Holy Spirit just for an enlightenment for a revelation just God open up my eyes to see God the power of the resurrection Come on the resurrection is all about new life it's about resurrecting dead places come on now if I understand the power of the resurrection if you understand the power of the resurrection that means I can speak to dead places in my life and recognize if God says speak to that dream speak to that relationship speak to that finance speak to that whatever it is and tell it to come back to speak to your body speak to your mind speak to your depression and say I am declaring that my mind my heart is being resurrected because I'm Slipping myself into under the power of the resurrection that was poured out upon me on the cross. And the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to, attain to the resurrection of the dead. And he's just basically saying, I am, I am willing to step into and partake, God, in the sufferings. I know there are things in my life that must die. Come on, there are things in our life that must die. Some of you have relationships that must die in order for you to step into the fullness of the power of the resurrection that God wants to bring into your life. Come on, sometimes we gotta let go of things in order to start new things. You gotta end a chapter to start a new chapter. You got to close a door to find a new door. You can't open a door that's already open. It's already open. If God's giving you a door to open, you got to shut some of the doors that are already open in your life. God, we just thank you that I can't hold on to two things in my hand. God, I got to let go of one so that I can receive the next. Come on, we we re- we recognize God the beauty God in suffering of saying no of hardships and saying I will not go down that path. Come on, we often dismiss the fact that those cha- those decisions can be difficult they can be challenging that pursuing Christ can cost you things but God we just we just thank you and we declare God that what is what it costs us is nothing compared to what we will gain that's what Paul is saying in this passage all the things that I have lost are nothing I consider all the things that were a gain to me I consider them some versions say dung means poop I consider those poop compared to the beauty of Jesus Christ All right, I'm going to go on to verse 12, and we're talking about the pressing on now. Remember, this is Paul talking, and he says, Not that I have already attained all this. I'm not already perfected in Christ come on this is a freedom verse right here because some of us feel like a failure because we're not perfect and Paul is saying it's not about becoming perfect I have not already attained or have already been made perfect but I press on in other words it's not about my perfection it's about the process it's about me progressing it's about me Pressing on getting back up and continuing to move. Come on. Somebody needs to declare that I break perfection off my heart and off my mind right now in Jesus name. Come on. Just receive that touch your mind touch your heart. Some of you have had the idea of perfection impressed into you because of your childhood. You had to look perfect. If you gained weight your parents pointed it out. If you didn't get all the straight A's your parents pounded on you your grandparents pounded on you the world pounded on you your teacher pounded on you and we just break the lie of perfection because the Bible says that we are perfected in Christ not in our performance come on now that's a word for somebody you are perfected in Christ not in your performance you are not perfected by your abilities but rather you have been perfected you're coming into the most excellent way which is found in the kingdom so we're pressing on, God. Yes, I declare, God, that we will press on, that we will hold on, hold, lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Christ Jesus laid a hold of you for a purpose, for a passion, for a path, for a plan. He put a passion within you. Come on. He laid hold of you and said, I'm bringing you in and I have a work for you to do. I have a purpose for you. You have value. You are worthy to me. And Paul is saying, I'm not striving for perfection. I'm striving to grab hold of the purpose. The reason that Jesus took hold of me from the very beginning, I'm striving for that. I'm not worried about what the world is saying on my right and on my left. I am solely turning my ears, tuning my ears into the voice of God who says I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you and I want you to take hold of it. Come on, some of you have let go of your dreams. You've let go of your purpose. You've gotten weary. You've gotten faint hearted and God is rising up the strength and the tenacity of Paul in you right now in Jesus name. Even as you say it doesn't matter that I fail because it's not about me failing it's about me pressing on that I want to grab a hold on the purpose that is stirring within me that my Heavenly Father wove within me when I was in my mother's womb come on that's what this is about he says brethren I do not count myself to have apprehended it but one thing I do I'm not claiming to be perfect I haven't figured it out I don't know what the fullness of my purpose is come on I've written a book on enforcing your purpose and I would be lying to you if I said I I knew the fullness of my purpose that I've apprehended it that I know it that I've achieved it that I've obtained it I that would not be true and Paul is saying the same thing I don't count myself to have already apprehended it but one thing I do I forget what is behind me. Why is he saying this? Because let's be honest, as we're pursuing our path, as we're pursuing our careers, as we're pursuing our purpose, we experience a lot of crap. We experience failure, discouragement, opposition, people who are fussy with you, people who condemn you, persecute you. And he's saying all of those things mean nothing to me. I am forgetting what is behind me. I am forgetting what is behind me. Come on. Somebody used to declare that I'm going to forget what is behind me. I'm going to forget what my mama said, my daddy said, my grandma said, I'm going to forget what my past relationship said. I'm going to forget what that experience said, that failure said, I'm going to break those things off of me. I'm going to forget what is behind me and I'm going to reach forward to the things that are in front of me. Come on. Are you defined by your past? Are you defined by your future? come on now somebody needs this word are you defined by your past or are you defined by your future because paul is saying my past means nothing to me i'm not going to just not look back i'm going to forget it i'm going to stop thinking upon it some of you might say "I, i i can't i can't forget it i can't forget look the bible says you choose what you're going to think upon You're right, you can't forget it, but you can choose not to think upon it. Meaning when it comes up in your head, you can say, oh no, I'm not living according to that thought. I'm not living according to that failure. I'm not living according to that wound. I'm not living according to that abuse. I'm not living according to that addiction. I'm not living according to that rape. Come on, I'm just keeping it real. I am living for my future. I'm no longer living out of my past, but I'm living out of and for my future, meaning God sees what is out in front of me. He's given me glimpses, and that is what compels me to continue to reach forward, forgetting what is behind me, reaching towards what is ahead of me and he says I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Look, every single one of us has an upward call in Christ Jesus. I don't know who you are, where you come from, what nation you're in, what language you speak. You have an upward call that is woven in your heart. God says that eternity is woven in the heart of every man. It doesn't matter what your nationality is. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your stronghold is. God has an upward call for you and I'm calling forth a stirring of the upward call in your heart, in your mind right now that it's become beginning to rise up, and you're beginning to feel the unction to live your life leaning forward, pressing on for what God called you into, the whole reason he called you into the kingdom, because you have a path, you have a purpose, you have value, and you are worthy to the kingdom. Hallelujah. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. Listen, he's calling us into, listen, if you understand this, if you understand who you are, if you understand the maturity that was bl- given to you on the cross, come on, somebody needs to just, somebody out there is like, man, I just feel like I'm just not as spiritually mature as people around you. And I just release you into the maturity of the kingdom. God says you have the mind of Christ. Listen, the same Holy Spirit that is in me is the same Holy Spirit that is in you. He is not a respecter of people. He poured out the full measure of faith. Through the presence of the Holy Spirit the blood of his son Jesus Christ the minute you came into his kingdom He poured out deposited his love within you It goes on it says therefore as many of us that are mature have this mind. All right, I'm gonna receive it I'm gonna receive God. I want to have this mind I want to have this mindset and if anything you think other if any of you think otherwise God will reveal even this to you. All right, listen to me. He's saying, we've just gone through all of these things, and God is saying, have this mindset. Have the mindset that you're not going to give up. Have the mindset that you're not going to shrink back. Have the mindset that you're not going to live according to your past. You're not going to be discouraged. You're not going to press on for perfection by performance. You're just pressing on. You have this call within you that is getting you up out of bed and is alluring you into your days, alluring you into your disciplines. Come on. It is causing you to be like him because I have this mindset, because I believe this is what he's saying. I will press on. He says, if anything, if you think otherwise, if there's any place, if there's any mind, he's saying, God will reveal this to you. God will reveal this to you. So God, we just thank you that you reveal to us places in our minds where we're not in agreement with what you're saying. We, re- we we thank you, Lord, that you reveal to us places in our minds, places in our hearts where we're living according to our past and not according to our future. Come on, we got to trust the Holy Spirit to reveal things in our lives. Some of us need to stop going to counselors and we need to just start trusting the Holy Spirit to counsel you. And I say that as a counselor. But look, I want you to recognize you have a wonderful counselor within you. This is saying God will Reveal even this to you, even this to you. God reveals things to you, not just to me, not just to Pastor Gary, not just to Zach and Kyler, Turner, Pastor Turner. He reveals things to you by the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody needs to hold out your hands and say thank you. Thank you, God, that you have a desire to reveal things to me. Yes, to even me. We break off the voice that would tell you you're not worthy to hear the voice of God. Nevertheless, to the degree that which I have already attained. Come on, he's saying. Let me live up to that for which I have already attained, is how it reads it in the NIV. Nevertheless, to the degree of which I've already attained. What is the degree of which I've already attained through the blood of Jesus Christ? The possibilities, the potential, the magnamorous of it. I just make up these words because it's so big. Your possibility is so big. Your potential is so big. What you have attained in Christ Jesus is already so big. There is an establishment in your life. See, we think it's all about trying to muster it up in our lives. But it's really just about aligning ourselves with what God has already given us, what you've already attained in the scripture. I'm just pulling my soul into an alignment so that I, my mind can live up to the joy that I've already attained on the cross, that my heart can live up to the joy that I've already attained on the cross, that my mind can live up to the faithfulness, the heart, the mindset, the wisdom, the revelation that I attained on the cross through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit that was deposited within me, the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit. If you don't know those, look them up. It's Galatians 5.22. The fullness, five, 522, and the fullness of the fruit of the spirit is in you. You have already it's, they attained those things. They are established. They are firmly rooted. You are built upon the fruit of the spirit once you are in Christ. And he's saying, look, to the degree of which I've already attained, I want to walk in that manner. I want to walk according to what I've already attained in Christ, not according to what I see, how I feel, what I'm thinking, what I'm experiencing. Come on. Some of you are living according to your reality. You're living according to your failures. You're letting your failures define you. You're letting your experiences define you. You're letting your relationships define you. Come on. Some of you are letting your salary define you. You're saying like, I'm only worth $24,000 a year because it's all that I make. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. You are not defined by your job. You are not defined by your money, you are not defined by your education, you are not defined by your relationships. God says you are defined by what you have already attained through the blood of the Son, Jesus Christ. And so he says, I want to be of the same mind. I want to be in the same spirit. I want to walk in the attainment that I've been given on the cross. And I want to live in the attainment that I've been on. My mind is coming into likeness. Come on now, let's just declare this. God, I declare that I am living no longer according to what I've attained in the world but I'm living according to what I've attained in the kingdom. I thank you, Father, that you have not withheld any good thing from me. Come on, somebody needs to say that. God has not withheld any good thing from me. God, you have not withheld any good thing from my brothers and sisters in Christ, but your word says that you, it delights the Father to bless your children, that you have set us up for success. God, that we have attained great and mighty things In you, We have attained great and mighty things on the cross through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. We just receive it right now. Come, we break off any walk that keeps us from the fullness of who we are. Come on, some of you need to stop walking in depression. And you're waiting to stop feeling depressed to stop walking in depression. But God is saying, stop walking in depression and your depression will go away. Stop walking in your anger and your anger will go away. Come on, stop walking in your foul foul way. Ways and your foul ways will go away. Some of us are waiting on God to do for us what God says. If you would just walk in the attainment that I've given you you don't have to feel joy to express joy. You understand that. You don't have to feel peace to sit in peace. Come on. You have to stop living according to your feelings and start stepping into faith. The fullness of what you've attained on the cross is due you and you need to start walking in it and activating it in your life. So God we declare an activation right now in jesus name i thank you father that there is somebody who is watching right now and they're even feeling their mind is just at war just shifting back and forth just really trying to embrace wanting to embrace what they're hearing right now god i just come alongside that person and i declare that shift is sure that shift is sure come on If that's you, just put your hand on your head and say, this shift is sure, and it cannot be stolen. And so, Father, I thank you that depression is being removed. Anger is being removed. Addiction is being removed. Failure mentality is being removed. Perfection gone in Jesus' name. We just thank you, Lord, and we receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. All right. Now, I didn't make it all the way through Philippians chapter 3 so this was uh, kind of a prayer demonstration and uh, uh, reading how i read scripture demonstration um y'all i just want you to know i, I say this with all genuineness in the presence of the lord this is how i read scripture i don't just read it and, and not interact with it. Like, I don't have a converse. When I'm sitting with my husband across from the table, I don't just sit there and listen to him talk to me. I'm interacting with him. I'm asking him questions. I'm interested in what he has to say. And I'm interested in understanding his heart behind what he's saying. I want to connect with him. I want to be intimate with him in every conversation. It doesn't matter if we're talking about our favorite flavor of bagels, it doesn't matter or if we're talking about our dreams and our passions. I want to connect with my husband. And a lot of us are more intimate with people than we are with God. And so I really want to teach you how to read the scriptures, how to include your paradigm demonstra- demonstrations in all of them. All right, you guys, that sums it up for today. But remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www dot lisa dash Thanks for listening.